The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday, July the 24th. I'm Donald Ware. The HBCU Football Daily Podcast resumes for season seven, and we're super excited about this as the HBCU Football Daily Podcast continues to grow. So, going back to Saturday, July the 15th, we had, or Box to Row had its sixth Countdown to kickoff in Durham, North Carolina, and the head football coaches from Shaw, from North Carolina Central, from North Carolina A&T, from Winston-Salem State, uh, from Elizabeth City State, from Johnson C. Smith, from Livingstone, uh, all uh, were able to come out and participate in the countdown to kickoff, we had a really great crowd. It was at Sticks and Vines in Durham, so we had an absolutely wonderful time. So over the next couple of days, we're going to replay a couple of those interviews with some of those coaches, as a matter of fact, uh, so you can get a feel for what to expect from the respective team uh, in 2023. But as we've done each and every year, this is a Monday through Friday deal from now throughout the course of of the season. And of course, you can also listen. If you're watching, you can watch on the Box to Row YouTube page. You can also listen and download at BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com as well. Well, we're going to kick things off with the defending HBCU National Champion North Carolina Central Eagles and their head football coach, Trey Oliver, uh, and had a wonderful conversation uh, with Coach Oliver on uh, uh, last week, or not last week, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, at the countdown to kickoff. Here's the conversation with North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver. Not too much, man. Thank you for having me, man. It's good to be out here, and I see this thing is growing every year. It is. A lot of the great people coming out, and we really appreciate that. When I say that to you, you took over this job in 2019, missed a year in 2020 because of COVID. And now the Eagles, HBCU national champions. What does that mean to you? That's what it's all about. That's why they brought me here to win a championship. So it was, it was a process. You know, we struggled in 19 and uh, we saw some growth. But, uh, you know, for me to be an alum and, and for us to be able to win a national championship, um, that, that means a lot. I've been on a lot of successful teams, but 
when you're the head coach, uh, when you're the head football coach, and, and you, you got your name on it, that, that hits a little bit different. Started the season out with a big win in Charlotte last year over North Carolina A&T. And uh, I know you had obviously had been an assistant coach there under, you know, Rod Broadway and so forth. What did, I mean, that was, anytime you get a win is great. But if you can get a win over A&T, that makes it even sweeter, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And they have a great program down there in Greensboro. And, um, but, you know, it was, it was definitely a big win. Uh, they had got us the last two years. Uh, before us to be able to beat them in the, the, the Charlotte uh, Stadium, in that environment, that venue, it was, it was unbelievable. It was electrifying. Specifically, the victory over Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. Um, really good football game. Looked like you may have had it wrapped up. They scored the touchdown late. Doesn't phase you guys. You score and then hold them. Speak to what that victory and getting that victory over Jackson State meant for you and this program. We talked about getting better every week. It didn't matter the opponent and all that stuff. So a lot of the folks, you know, were reading the newspaper and the clippings and, and had kind of crowned them guys champs. And our guys didn't flinch. We just came out and did what we had done all season. So um, we, we weren't surprised when we were in that situation late in the game that, that you know, that we were in it. Um, but like you said, we should have closed it out in, in regulation. Um, but our guys were, were had something on their mind. You know, in overtime, we didn't throw the ball one time. We ran the ball every down, in, I mean, every uh, possession, every down in overtime. So it, it was a physical contest, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't want that smoke, though. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, you had a lot of HBCU Nation really cheering for you in that game. The fake punt, speak to that. That was, that was really a turning point and a huge play in that football game. Right. We came out in the third quarter and uh, we were down uh, they stopped us in our first possession and we were backed up uh, I believe on the minus 28 and of course nobody's expecting you to fake a punt on the minus 28 but you know uh, <laughs> you got to put the money to put the chips in but you know we have something we had practiced all year long and we, we knew it was going to be there and you know it's just about calling it you got to have some some guts I guess you can say I can say guts to call that play I'm gonna leave that alone <laughs> Did you expect to, to be this program to be where it is four years? Well, now you're going into your fifth season, but four years in. Did you expect it to be where it is? I knew we could be here if we had the, the backing from the administration. You know, you have to have good players. You have to have really good coaches. But the administration has to support the athletic program and football program for you to have a chance. And um, our chancellor and, and – um, our athletic director, Dr. Perkins, have done an outstanding job with supporting us and giving us what we need to be successful. So, uh, yeah, we're on, we're, on, we're on track. North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver joining us here on the countdown to kickoff. We are, of course, at Sticks and Vines in Durham and uh, really appreciate those tuning in and those that have joined us in the audience. I got to talk about this kid, uh, Davius Richard, your quarterback. I remember him going back to his true freshman year, 2019. He was he was like, what, third string, maybe fourth string. And, you know, watching him play, I was like, man, this guy's going to be really good. And it manifested itself this year and specifically in the Celebration Bowl because everybody else was talking about the other quarterback for Jackson State. Not anybody, people weren't talking about Davius Richard, but he really came to play. Speak to how well he's played, not just last year, but how he's grown in the program. Well, he's, he's been very consistent, uh, great young man. 
and you see him develop every week, uh, every year. You see him just get a lot better. And um, I said midseason, he's the best quarterback in black college. Now, I said he probably is not going to get the, the MVP because he's not, he's not going to have the numbers. You know, when we get up three scores in the fourth quarter, I'm pulling my quarterback. We're not trying to embarrass anybody, blow, you know, run the score up. And secondly, you know, you have to give your backup quarterback some quality reps. So, you know, he don't eat probably five games he didn't play in the fourth quarter this, this year. So that kind of killed his numbers. Uh, but next year, we're going to let him go. No doubt about it, uh, but I, I, you know, and he's the guy. But now Collier comes back for you as a running back. Mookie. Yes, sir. Yes, so you got him, and speak about him, what he means, and then the rest of that offense as well. But Mookie's another great young man. If you have an opportunity to ever talk to him, he's a yes sir, no sir type guy. Um, he's already graduated. He's in, uh, getting working on his masters right now. Uh, but very physical young man. Uh, great balance. Great acceleration. And, uh, you know, very, very physical. I think he showed that in the celebration bowl with that, that stiff arm hurt around the world. But uh, then we have Jamari Taylor, another running back behind him. Uh, I think that's just as good. Uh, on the outside, our skill position, our receivers, I think we, we, we're very talented there. We're very deep there. Uh, tight ends, it's going to be a couple new faces there, but we're a lot of talent, a lot of talent. A couple of holes we have to plug in is that offensive line. Uh, that thing that was the biggest difference last year, we were extremely good up front. So with three guys we had to replace there. Uh, but we saw some young guys that had a whole lot of quality of reps last year. So uh, I'm excited to see how those guys progress throughout the summer. On the defensive side of the football, you look at a guy like a Khalil Baker, who was an HBCU All-American defensive back. Um, you know, speak about him and the rest of the defense. And, I, I, you know, Brandon Codrington also comes back, but I believe, right, but also as a return man as well. But speak, let's speak to the defense and how good this defense can be uh, in 2023. You know, I, last year I said we didn't have a whole lot of star power because so many guys chipped in and, and played their role. Uh, but we, we're, we're very talented. Uh, a lot of those guys have played for, you know, three or four years now. Um, but, you know, KB, Khalil Baker is the leader back there. Uh, he and Brandon Codrington, Manny Smith. Uh, and then we got a bunch of, you know, really, really talented young guys coming in as well. So um, we have to create some more turnovers. That was one thing I was not pleased with last year. Uh, we didn't create enough turnovers, uh, whether it be um, interceptions or fumble recoveries. So we got to improve there. But uh, we have a lot of guys on the defense side of the ball that played a lot of quality reps. And then in the return game, it seemed like teams aren't kicking the ball to Codrington because he's so – I remember, what was that, two years ago, was it Mississippi Valley State, that game where he Alcorn. returned that – Alcorn, that's right, in the MEAC SWAT Challenge. It's a big that – was, that was a, a tide-turning uh, return. But talk about him. Guys, they're not kicking to him. Yeah, they kind of uh, changed the game plan a little bit. So they, they, they kind of kept the ball away from him a little bit. But uh, we try and do some things with two returners back there. Uh, to try to get the ball in some guys' hands, but he's not the only one. We have a couple more, Christian, Chris Mosley and, and a couple other guys back there that can really make you play. So, uh, you know, he's going to get some touches this year, and we can hope that he can put some in the box like he did back in 2021. Going out to UCLA, that's major. You're going out to L.A. You know, everybody knows UCLA getting ready to make the move um, to the Big Ten. Um, how did that game or this game come about? Uh, their athletic director is from Fedville, and he and my family go to church together down at First Baptist Church down there, and he and Dr. Wickham McCree have a great relationship as well. So he's very familiar with North Carolina Central University, and when he got the job there, they wanted to try to get a, a HBCU on the schedule. So it made sense for them to reach out to us and, and try to work it out. So uh, 
Uh, told me I had to get those the numbers right, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, numbers I'm sure right. Close. I mean, it's They're pretty good. Not pretty bad. good. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. We're gonna, I, I'm gonna donate so we get this echo out of here. <laughs> All right. And then for you, right? For for your team, first three games are you, you're at A&T. UCLA, Mississippi Valley State in the Circle City Classic away from O'Kelly Riddick Stadium. You uh, about those Rams up opening. Oh, that's right. You're at home first. I'm yeah, sorry. So you start. Yeah. You Let's not forget about them people. Yeah, right. That, that's been a nice little little rivalry there. Um, but, but talk about that and being away from home, not the first game, but the next three games after that. It's, we have a brutal schedule. And for us to be able to you know, try to stay in the top 25 uh, nationally, and keep that ranking. You have to have a, a competitive schedule. So that's why we tried to reach out and play these guys uh, non-conference, the, the Campbells and the Elons and, the, of course, A&T, UCLA. So, um, you know, we, we have to try to play these top 25 teams so you can stay ranked. And then any your thoughts? I, you lost a guy or two to the transfer portal, I think, this year. So a, big, a couple of big guys, actually, um, as a matter of fact. But kind of, kind of, I want to get your thoughts on the transfer portal as a whole and where it is in college football? The transfer portal and NIL have destroyed college football. Um, I don't believe in the transfer portal. I, uh, we built our, our, our team right now with high school student athletes. You know, if you look at our roster, whether it's the quarterback, Richard, uh, all-conference, all-American, uh, all KB, all these guys are high school players. Torcelli Simpkins, our best players are high school players. So I really don't mess with the transfer portal. Um, a lot of them guys in there can't play. So I like to go recruit high school young men that want to come to North Carolina Central, buy into the program, and let's go from there. Now that we have the program, you know, the foundation set, we can go out here and take one or two, uh, you know, because sometimes you might lose a guy, you have to get somebody in late. But I, I, don't, I don't like the transfer portal. I think it gives young men an opportunity to, to run away from competition and rather than, you know, really compete. So. Well, what do you say to a guy when he says, I'm going in? Like, you've had some guys that are going into the portal. May God bless you. I lost my one of my best offensive linemen yes. to the University of Maryland. He had, a, I think he signed for about $70,000 NIL deal. So it's hard to tell a 21-year-old kid not to take $70,000. But if you go to NFL, you get drafted, $70,000 is not much money. So Trey Oliver had a lot to say at the countdown to kickoff a couple of weeks ago. That's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football uh, Daily Podcast. On tomorrow, we're going to take things to Salisbury, North Carolina, and say hello to Sean Gilbert, the head football coach of Livingstone. This is going to be the third season as the head coach at Livingstone for Sean Gilbert, a former National Football League player as well. Listen, don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can watch us if you are right now on YouTube. Find us on our website at BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com. Talk with you tomorrow.